Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Teller County Sheriff's Office podcast. This is Tommy again sitting in for Commander Couch. And this week we have for the county the two incoming commissioners, Dan Williams and Eric Stone. Gentlemen, thank you. Thank you so much for coming. Also Thank you, Tommy. in the studio, we have, of course, Sheriff, Sheriff Mikesell and the hardest working person in law business, uh, <laughs> Renee Bunting. Thanks, Tommy. Oh, you're welcome. So I guess tomorrow's tomorrow's the day? The big day. Tomorrow's the big day, swearing in. Excellent. I, I, I'm so looking forward to, to having you gentlemen in office and, and looking forward to what's going on. Uh, for the people out there, can I uh, have you, you guys kind of talk about yourself a bit and give us an idea of who you are coming into this office? Sure. Hey, good morning again. Uh, thanks, Jason. Uh, sure. Sheriff Mike Zoll and Renee and, and Eric and uh, Tommy, thanks for doing this. Just want to say, uh, yeah, I'm Dan Williams, and uh, thank you for your support. You know, I'll be your District 1 Teller County Commissioner about uh, effective 10 o'clock tomorrow. And so first and foremost, thank you for your support. For those you may be listening that didn't support me or maybe you're in another party, that's okay. Um, you're my constituent as well, and I hope to uh, gain your trust and to show you uh, with personal example where we're going to head. A little bit of my background, as I told most of you folks in the last year and a half, I was here as a kid, uh, served my country for about 30 years, retired as a colonel, and in the last uh, six plus years or so, I've been working for Teller County first as a consultant, then as the planning official, planning director, and and now soon to be your county commissioner. And uh, I'll turn it over to Eric for his introduction. Hey, thanks, Dan. Uh, Yeah, I'm I'm Eric Stone, and I'm going to be your commissioner for District 3. Uh, Although uh, you should know, certainly, is that I don't just represent the people from District 3 as commissioners. We represent people from all over the county, regardless of where you live, uh, which is why everybody got to vote on all these commissioner positions. So uh, like Dan, I want to thank everybody for their support. Uh, It's wonderful to live here in Teller County. Uh, I have lived here. My backstory, uh, about 20 years ago, my wife and I had the unique opportunity to choose anywhere in the country where we could raise our family. And we were living in Wyoming at the time where we both had grown up and we loved Wyoming. We loved the culture and uh, we didn't love the wind and we didn't love the winters. And we toured around about seven states. And ultimately, when we hit the corner of 67 and 24 and looked up at that peak and thought, you know, this is (laughs) <laughs> this is it. Well, this is where we're going to be. And I'm sure a lot of you did the exact same thing when you got to Teller County. So 20 years ago, we moved here. Uh, my wife's a school teacher at the high school. And uh, I have worked in digital marketing for most of my career. And it's what I continue to do now. And uh, just looking forward uh, to meeting a lot of different groups of people out in the county. I know there's a lot of homeowners associations uh, and neighborhoods and town areas that I may not be as familiar with just because of my geographic situation. And uh, I know Dan and I have talked a lot about how we really want to spend some time getting out into the county and talking with some homeowner groups and uh, talking with other groups of folks just to find out, you know, what's on their minds and, you know, what are their concerns, but what's also what's going really good, too, because we need to make sure we we uh, observe and find out the things that are going well and make sure we reinforce and continue to provide resources for those, too. Well, and I think... Um you know, from a sheriff's office standpoint, you know, we have two outgoing commissioners that uh, serve the community and did a good job, and that's Mark Dittenreiter and Norm Steen. Um, they'll be, I think they have a drive-by ceremony today where people can say hello to them and, and uh, let them know. And I know that we're really looking forward to the fresh new look at things. And I think, um, you know, over the years, you know, I've seen so many elected officials. You, you have eight years to do what you do in. Uh, if you're lucky enough to get elected for a second time. And in this county, we have term limits. And what I found is that that new breath of fresh air 
um, for new commissioners coming in is is a wonderful thing. And I think it's time for good changes and moving forward. And and right now you have a community that really wants to, to meet you and know you. And, and I know we're excited about it. I think it's going to work very well. But no, the, the other thing too is both these gentlemen are friends of mine and have been for years. Dan's from here. So you've got a hometown boy that's that's back helping the community, and I think that's wonderful. And you have Eric. Eric was also in charge of the Republican Party for quite some time. That's where I met Eric. Um, and I, I tell you, somebody that can organize and do good things, um, I think we're going to be very blessed this year with, with just folks to get out there and be a part of things. One of the key things I'm looking for is that you know we're a partnership again. You know, having county commissioners and a county with a sheriff's office that's that's going to be uh, partnered together, that's an amazing thing. I'm really looking forward to having that. So, gentlemen, what you, as you come into office, I what are we looking at here in, in the uh, in the near term and maybe in the long term as well? Uh, you know, we just recently released our uh, 2020 growth management plan. You know, we're looking at a growth explosion on the front range. Um, that's neither good nor bad, but it will have impacts to Teller County, and those things have to be had to be looked at carefully. Um, we've got to work on our economy. You know, uh, with COVID and some of the things that we're working through now, we've had some uh, economic relapses that both Eric and I are going to focus on, along with uh, Bob Campbell, and uh, make sure that we can have viable businesses here. We have a lot of divisiveness here in Teller County, just like the rest of the nation. Uh, I know that Eric and I have talked about this for many, many months. Uh, a house divided cannot stand. And uh, so we're not going to do that. We're going to try to bring everyone in. And, and I like where uh, Jason and Rennie are headed, whether it's faith-based, whether it's POA, whether it's our veterans organizations um, and our incorporated cities. You know, we've got some great incorporated cities. We've got our jewel in the crown is, is Woodland Park, you know, where a lot of our goods and services are. And they've got some challenges they're working through. And with some recent new additions uh, to their council, we've got Victor uh, also has gone through some leadership changes and they've got some great ideas. And we've got Cripple Creek. Uh, that's been hit very, very hard mm-hmm. due to what's happened to the casinos. So Eric and I have a very laser-sharp focus on that, and frankly, we're not going to wait around uh, for too many more uh, things to happen before we show some leadership there, and that'll happen on day one with us. So we're looking forward. We're excited to bring the communities back together. If you're in an incorporated city, you're still in Teller County, and that's, uh, that's a good thing. You've got your, your jurisdiction. You've got your responsibilities, but we want to be a family again. Because I think some of the challenges that we're going to be facing in 2021, unfortunately, will take that. Um, in terms of COVID, as you know, uh, you can expect to see a Teller County vaccination plan that Eric and I and Bob Campbell hopefully will review and, and release uh, later on this week. Um, so that if you want that shot, that it'll be available to you and we'll be focusing on the most vulnerable in our population within the guidelines that's we're getting. Uh, but there's a lot more besides that. And I would like uh, to give a shout out here to our law enforcement. You know, we're watching things on television, as we said, um, and everyone's got an opinion. We're not seeing that in Teller County. We're not seeing that in Teller County because we have Jason and Renee and Greg Couch and Stan. We, we're just a wonderful team of law enforcement because without the rule of law, frankly, Eric and I can't do anything without an orderly society. So just excited about getting out there with you. And with that, I'll give it to Eric. I'm not sure you left many holes in there for me, Dan. You covered, you covered quite a bit. Um, but, uh, but no, just to reiterate a, a couple of things and uh, maybe provide a little more context is uh, you will see a little later this week, uh, you know, it's, it's critical when it comes to our recovery uh, from COVID as a county that, uh, you know, that we have a vaccination plan within the county. 
which is really efficient and that we're identifying all of the, the highest at-risk groups uh, of people, whether that be by age or occupation. Uh, and one of the things I'm really appreciative of is, you know, there's a lot of counties right now where tomorrow county commissioners are going to come in, they're going to raise their hands and get sworn in, and then they're going to kind of get the curtain thrown back on what's actually going on in their county. Now, our commissioners, our county government has been tremendous and transparent in this this transfer. I guess we could call it a transfer of power, although I don't really look at it on the regal terms that it is in Washington, D.C. But um, you know, we've been a part of uh, helping to develop the vaccination plans, they wanted to make sure that what they put together was something that the the new commissioner or the new commissioners, that new board, uh, would agree with and would be able to take the ball and run with. So I'm really appreciative of of how they did that, and and it wasn't just listening so we knew what they were doing. We were active participants. Uh, you know, in these work sessions so that as uh, we come forward to this vaccination plan, as the people hopefully will be able to look at it and figure out kind of where they fit into the plan. Uh, and then also allowing for some flexibility in there that if there are unique situations uh, of people who are high risk or perhaps uh, are providing care for a high risk person, they fit into that plan as well. And uh, we're only going to be limited in that, I think, by the number of vaccines that we get from the state, that our plan will be robust enough and efficient enough that uh, if they send us an extra 500 vac- you know, vaccine doses in a week, we'll be able to handle those. And we'll be able to efficiently locate and notify the public and be able to get them in and, and uh, you know, get shots in arms for those that want them and, and provide that education, which is the other piece. Actually, Jason, you were mentioning a little earlier about, uh, you know, educating law enforcement about vaccines. Well, educating the public about uh, this vaccine is going to be important, too. And then, of course, also important that, you know, people have the free choice to decide whether or not, you know, they want to get the vaccine or not. Uh, you know, I know that I feel that's really important. I think Dan shares that as well. So uh, really appreciative of that. Um, you know, there was other one other thing that occurred this last week that I was really heartened by that I'd like to share. There was a Zoom meeting with a Democrat legislator uh, who was trying to introduce new legislation, would have, which would have dramatically curtailed uh, the responsibilities and the authorities of county commissioners, specifically in regards to boards of health. And I won't uh, bore everybody with what the details of that were, but what I was heartened by, number one, before this was even introduced, and I didn't support it, by the way, and I don't think anybody in Teller County, matter of fact, I don't think there was a county in the state that supported what was going on. But what I appreciated, before this was introduced, the legislature was actually reaching out to county commissioners and and bringing them in to have a discussion about this proposed legislation. And folks, there were about 125 commissioners and commissioners-elect that were on that that Zoom call just a few days ago. And that high level of plugged-in participation, and this wasn't conservative commissioners, Republican, Democrat, it was all of them. Um, And matter of fact, with you know the impassioned way they were talking about public health and their responsibilities sitting on boards of health in their counties, um, you know it was it was nonpartisan, it was professional, and I don't know. I took a, Dan, I took a lot of heart out of that phone call. I know you were on it as well. Yeah, it was. Uh, everybody was very deferential. That's the first thing I noticed. There was no, and, and they were very strong opinions. You know, Eric and I and, and Bob Campbell and. I think uh, Mark and Norm, everybody had a very strong opinion that it was bad legislation before it even gets out. Um, yet people were respectful to each other, and that was uh, actually during a kind of a critical time for our nation that 
that we saw some other behaviors. And uh, and the other thing Eric said to underscore is it was nonpartisan. There were Democrats and Republicans. And it was really about the proper role of government. And, and as uh, Eric likes to say, and he's exactly right, and the government close to the people knows what's going on. And so um, by statute, county commissioners are charged with the life health safety, life health welfare. And that's clearly what this was. And so as a result of a unique event, COVID, um, before COVID, the boards of health were sort of uh, boring, to be honest with you. It's about sanitation. Uh, it's about septic systems. It's about uh, inspecting restaurants. And several of the experienced commissioners that were there said, yeah, they, they didn't even really know a lot about the board of health because they only met a few times. But as a knee-jerk reaction to the COVID, a once-in-a-lifetime experience, they wanted to basically throw the baby in the bathwater out at the same time. And so I was very heartened, as Eric said, that uh, that kind of outcry came from the commissioners representing the people to the state to say enough of the centralized control, we've got this, and leave the flexibility. In fact, the legislation would dictate what's already available to Eric and I and Bob if we wanted to form it that way. It's different to do it if you want to or if the people want it versus being told to. And I that was a very refreshing. Yeah. Good sign for the future. You know, it's something I've seen, too, because sheriffs have been standing up, too, against public health departments across the state. Um, and it's not that nobody wants to stand up. But I think what's now come, becoming in question is what authorities does a bureaucratic operation like that or a state-level group have over elected officials at a local level? And I think watching Democrats, Republicans, it doesn't matter who – um, I think all of us are starting to see as elected officials, wait a second, you're taking that away from that local government level and you're trying to produce something that now becomes a mandated by a group that's not listening to the people. And I think across the state you're seeing it with commissioners, um, all elected officials across the board. And, I, and I'm happy to see elected officials all make great logical decisions based on that saying, hey, enough is enough. We have the power of the people and, and our oaths and what we do, and we're going to take that back. Because that's the one thing I found in this position. Once you give up those things, it's really hard to get it back. And, and we saw it go across the state um, with some of the mandates that they wanted us to sign away, the, basically the freedoms of our decisions, um, to, a, to a public health organization out of the state. And I think commissioners, you know, thankfully – have the power to say, no, I don't, I don't want to do that. And on that call, actually, one of the things I was struck by was, uh, you know, currently the way it works right now is that the state has given counties the authority to form a board of health and then determine how they want that, that uh, the members of that board appointed or who serves on that. It can be county commissioners. It could be an appointed board. Counties can also group together to form multi-county health boards. And they may want to do that either because they're really, really big or they may want to do it because they're really, really small. And it's it's uh, more efficient for them to group together. There's a group of six counties in the Northeast that the, those six counties, their populations together don't even add up to Teller County. That's how small they are. So they join together. But what I learned was with flexibility, deferring to local government, and I do believe, and Dan, Dan came close to him. I'm glad he didn't say it exactly right because then people might, <laughs> might, people might think he said it first. But it's, you know, I believe that the best government is that which is closest to the people. And I know the sheriffs believe that's why we have sheriffs is because if we – if we didn't have sheriffs, what we would have is a state police that would, you know, would have jurisdictional authority over everyone with somebody – 
hundreds of miles away making decisions about law enforcement in Teller County. And that's not what the founders of this state wanted, which is why they gave us county sheriffs. And that's also why they gave us county commissioners is because they believe that these decisions should be made locally. And what I learned so much about on that call is that commissioners have exercised that authority to do it in a broad, uh, you know, really a, a broad application of of their authority by uh, there are some counties out there, small counties that have a board of health where they appoint all of the board members on board of health. There's other ones where they the commissioners of multiple counties join together in a multi-county one, and then they have a you know a few uh, volunteer board appointees for that. And it's kind of funny because what we found out was that mostly it worked really well, but we also found out where it really didn't work well. And the things that uh, my observation was is the things that really didn't work well was the thing that the the state legislator was trying to force counties into doing. Um, is like It sounded like a great idea, but the reality was they're creating a whole new problem that other counties had already experienced and actually were already moving. It was COVID that caused this. Actually, COVID was, uh, you know, it was almost kind of like, uh, and I was never in the military, but I know they talk about in the military that you, you know, you, you rise to the, or you don't rise to uh, the occasion, you fall to the level of your training. Well, um, it's the same thing with organizations is when you, know, you get something like COVID and crisis is the, you know, the effectiveness of your organization will quickly be revealed. Um, and you're, they're going to have to then respond to that and fix it. Well, most of these that we're doing it the way this, that this legislator is proposing, we're, we're doing it that way. What they found out is that in a crisis situation, it really didn't work. You know, when they had these volunteer boards trying to respond to a health crisis that were requir- requiring really almost a full-time attention to dealing with a pandemic, um, they weren't prepared for that. And not only were they not prepared for it, is they really didn't have the time to to commit to that either. And that's where, quite honestly, the county commissioners, and it certainly was here in Teller County, where they were up to their necks and deep in on this uh, to ensure that our response to coronavirus was as organized as possible. And then, of course, also being able then, it's you know, cor- uh, coronavirus response is not just Board of Health, as you guys know. It's Board of Health, it's Sheriff's Department, it's Office of Emergency Management, it's even Public Works, lots of different departments coming together and working together. And a single Board of Health out there appointed of, you know, of, uh, uh, you know, of, of citizens doesn't have the ability or even the authority to help bring those groups together and respond to a pandemic, which was Ultimately, what this legislation was trying to cure were the things that didn't go right during the pandemic. And I would actually counter with things actually went really well on the county level in regards to the pandemic, mostly across the state. And really, the, the big problems actually happened in that, that kind of authoritarian push from the state where they try to make one size fit all for everywhere. And that's where it breaks down. You know, that's shared common experience, shared sacrifice. So as our country was faced with a pandemic that Frankly, we were unprepared for. Nobody knew it was going to come. We certainly didn't know that we'd be sitting here at 350,000 dead Americans in eight months. And as you guys know, you've heard it, that's the equivalent of eight jumbo jets falling out of the sky every day, you know. And so, and it became politicized, et cetera. But in Teller County, to, to Renee and Jason's point, that shared sacrifice put me in coach attitude, the veterans, the faith-based organizations, the Aspen Mind Center, the medical community. We have a lot of retirees here. That led to a, a, a wonderful unity of effort that now we have to, to re-blue. It, it gets hard now. 
for Eric and I, it's hard now because now we're going to be victim to a supply chain. Uh, as Eric and I both talked about, we're very excited about a vaccination plan that we, uh, for those of you who want it, that we're involved in. However, you understand that we don't control the supply chain. And so there's got to be a feeling of equity. There's got to be a feeling of the most vulnerable. This is a unique disease in that uh, normally the most vulnerable will be our older population and our youngest population with the youngest seem to be fairly resilient. Um, and I know Eric's wife's a school teacher, but you know, we have concerns about getting our kids back to school. We've got an entire generation now who's been impacted beyond any kind of a measure that we can understand. Suicide. We've had almost twice the suicide rate of last year of Teller County residents. Those things concern Eric and I. Uh, and so we've got to really take measured response. We have wonderfully resilient people here with an incredible amount of capability and talent base, but we've got to reach out, and uh, we're stronger together than we are apart. And I think you're going to see that in the first coming weeks and months and, and first years or so. Eric and I, with, along with Bob Campbell, is trying to reunify. And, you know, we're all angry, and we're all concerned about what we're seeing at the national level, but we can't control that. What we can help control is our behaviors here in Teller County, and we can work on that unity, and it really does start here, and along with our economy, as, as we were saying before. So thanks for that. You put it perfectly, the, the put-me-in-coach attitude. Um, every elected official in this room, that is why I'm so pleased at what, what we're looking at for this coming year, for this coming term, uh, as far as the county goes. Uh, I, and so talking about that, I'm going to steal a little bit of time here and, and kind of ask to educate the, uh, the our, our listeners out there a little bit about – what the commissioners do, what they're doing, uh, and ask you about your different committees, your different responsibilities, because I know you split that up. And I, I honestly, I uh, before I got to know you, Dan, and you, Eric, I didn't know that uh, that's how that worked. And so that was a very educational part for me. So let me ask you to talk about that a bit. Once we're formally in office, um, let's just talk about committees. There are a series of committees that we sit on. Some of those, Eric and I have sort of naturally already fallen into because our predecessor, that uh, Mark Denton, Reader, and Norm, and there's other ones that we've yet to talk about. But my background with the county, obviously, was being the planning director. So, if, you know, whether it's public lands or wildland fires, uh, Eric will talk a little bit about CDOT. Um, the real important thing for those boards is a Teller County Commissioner is first and foremost life health safety for the residents of this county. However, we all know how the budget works. We all know that a lot. And we're an arm of government. Uh, we're also statutory. We're not a home rule county so that we need to fall in line with the statutes and uh, laws and, and, and regulations of the state of Colorado. So in the fight for resources in the coming year, uh, in the immediate term, that resource may be a vaccine. It could also be dollars. It may also be programs. As you know, before this happened, and I'll just take a, a moment to say that uh, because of the COVID because of some of the unrest in our country, we've all forgotten some of the other challenges that are still there. We still have homeless veterans. We still have challenges in our school system with funding. So there's just a myriad of things. So at the state level, um, Eric and I will be asked to sit on certain boards to represent the citizens of this county so that even though we're a small county, that our voices count just like Arapahoe, just like Denver County. So we'll have a seat at the table. Um, so that's important. As a collective group, um, CCI, CTSI, there's a couple organizations that support, and Eric already mentioned one of them where uh, recently we all sat on a Zoom meeting with over 100 commissioners. So the power of commissioners, and uh, let's be honest, they're representing constituents, and their power with the state is that we represent a lot of voters for those who are legislating that may want to run for office again. Um, for me personally, as far as some of the boards, as you know, I've been a long member of the uh, Teller County 
a board known as the uh, Southern Shooting Partnership Coalition. And what that really is is responsible use of our public lands. Um, for those of you who know, Teller County is 50% not for sale. is 50% BLM and U.S. Forest Service, and there's an immense amount of pressure. I know law enforcement gets involved quite a bit. So we're not picking winners and losers, but we definitely don't want someone on an RV, uh, ATV, or someone birdwatching to take a bullet. And so we look at those kinds of things, so I sit on that. Um, a lot of the advocacy with our children through the CASA program have been pretty active with that. Jason mentioned wildland fires. You know, we're in the middle of a drought, and you won't see that in any paper or any website right now, but there are serious concerns that we don't get enough moisture this winter. And on top of uh, vaccination and everything else that Eric and I and Bob will be dealing with, along with our residents, we could find ourselves in the middle of a fire. So we're doing some very proactive uh, things with that regards, uh, working with uh, Coalition, the Upper South Platte, and some of our other partners in the forest. Uh, and in BLM to make sure that we're prepared when that hits us because it'll probably get here around the time our vaccinations finally get here. So I'll, I'll turn it over to Eric, but it's, it's, it's exciting. Um, and I think the challenge for new commissioners like Eric and I is to balance the everyday life health safety with the people. As, as Renee said, we want to get out to the POAs. We want to get out to the meetings. We want to be there with law enforcement and all the other statutory things we do. But we also have a, a pretty big responsibility with the state and with other coalitions. So, But we look forward to that. We look forward to serving you. Eric? Yeah, thanks, Dan. Um, yeah, Norm was uh, involved very, uh, I mean, he was probably maybe one of the most involved commissioners actually around the state in regards to transportation and uh, the Colorado Department of Transportation. He did that not only through uh, the Pikes Peak Area Council of Governments, which is a long acronym, PPACG, which is basically a group of 14 uh, communities and municipalities here in the Pikes Peak region, mostly, mostly municipalities, but then also Park County, Teller County, and El Paso County, uh, that uh, – we help guide where the transportation dollars, or we will. I guess I'm not there yet tomorrow. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, they, they help guide the, uh, the ranking and the prioritization of Department of Transportation projects. Like many people probably noticed the resurfacing on Highway 24 as you're coming up the pass this last summer. That was directly came out of a priority program from PPACG and Norm Steen working with that group to ensure that uh, – you know, that that work was done. A couple of years ago, you probably saw the improvements on Highway 67 between Divide and Cripple Creek, where they went in and kind of widened it a little bit, improved the shoulders, made that highway safer. Uh, again, goes straight back to county commissioners and their work with PPACG to get those monies allocated. Because quite frankly, the Department of Transportation is not spending a lot of time driving highways in Teller County. Uh, only if they just happen to be going from one place to another and they just happen to notice a, an egregious problem. But most of the time, egregious problems are already known about uh, by the time that they get to there. Um, you know, it's really up to county commissioners to push forward with PPACG uh, projects, which we feel are really important to our county so we can get them in the discussion so when these really, really uh, finite dollars become available that some of those get allocated to issues to address directly here. Uh, Norm is also involved in STAC, which is another transportation committee on the federal level that, that helps as well uh, on getting dollars allocated to the state of Colorado, which then flows uh, you know down to the county as well. Uh, PPACG is also uh, involved in, uh, in the issues of the aging as well. That's another area of their focus. So that's uh, something else I'm excited to, uh, to work with as well uh, to make sure that, uh, you know, not only is our population 
aging. Actually, our population is aging. It's actually we're just we're attracting more retirees really up here, and it's obvious why. It's a spectacular, beautiful place to live with exceptionally low crime, uh, and our quality of life here really is unmatched, I think, almost anywhere. We have all the benefits of the medical facilities in a city for seniors that you might want without any of the problems, or mostly uh, the the problems that you would experience down the pass. So, you know, it is a great place for seniors to live, and we just want to make sure it continues and that we have the, the resources available, especially, you know, here in the pandemic, uh, you know, to do that. One comment I did want to make, because we talked about wildfires, is, uh, you know, the commissioners, if you're not aware, did recently rescind the fire ban. We are in a drought, but they did rescind the fire ban, because this time of year, is the best time for homeowners, landowners, excuse me, to to do mitigation work. Absolutely. And I know you guys have been really busy issuing permits, right? Because people have been oh waiting. Oh, gosh, crazy. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, and for those out there who do have property and do have a lot of trees, this is the time of year to do that. We're going to enter into a season uh, of really high fire danger, more than likely. when I mean, we know where the moisture levels are today, and we haven't seen a ton of snow. We've seen some. But, uh, you know, it's going to take a lot of snow in the spring to offset, you know, any of that. And I'm not sure it fully can anyway. Um, but this is the time. So uh, I want to encourage anyone that's, you know, that's listening is to you know, look around your property. And there's information on the county website for how to mitigate your property. And then you can contact the sheriff's office to get burn permits if that's how you want to get rid of the slash and the things that you cleared out. So That's right. And it's only $10 and it's good for a year. So, Eric, I have a, a project that needs to be done for the highways. Is this okay. lobbying Uh-oh. right now? So, this is a <laughs> lobbying expedition, okay? So there's one pothole in Woodland Park on the westbound lane coming up by the cowhan that kills everybody <laughs> in the world. So that thing is like the largest pothole I've seen in years. There you go. I'll get right on that. Get right and, and on it. Tomorrow, tomorrow I'll get right on that. Yeah. And, and you see everybody kind of swerve over. I don't like, swerve. Whoa. I end up hitting it, and it throws coffee all over me every morning. I, so. Uh, <laughs> simple bucket of sand. I'm not sure I've seen that one, which is shocking. Oh. Is that a yes. does that have a manhole cover inside of it? I think yes, it does. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. Watch out for the manhole cover. That's don't right. run over slow it. Down, or if you down. do, watch your coffee. Don't spill your stuff. Yeah, so we need to go throw throw a steel plate over the top of it till they get it. Yeah, fixed. really something. <laughs> So, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that about the burn permits because it has been blowing up on social media, all the, the burn permits, and the people want to know, you know, because it's been such a long time. They're like, well, how do we get them? How much are they? How long is it good for? And so, of course, at the office, it's just, you know, one after another. I think they did like 15 on Friday. Right. right. So, <laughs> and, and with the display services, of you know, because of the new sheriff's office being uh, constructed and remodeled, where do people go to get those permits? Well, we still are, we still have someone there at the office, but you can also get it on our website. The sheriff's website um, has the form, so you can fill it out and everything. You can mail it in, mail in your check, or come on down to the office. We have it all right there. You can fill it out, sign up, and uh, get it approved and get your copy. And that's at the jail there? Where yeah. That's right there in the jail in lobby. The jail. That's correct. Okay. We're trying to get all our forms online so people don't have to travel and come in, uh, which has been a challenge um, to do those things. So bear with us on that. but. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, I, I don't want to keep you gentlemen too, too long here. And I, I really do appreciate you coming up here and, and talking with us. I'm going to close with just a little bit of a story about a, a couple that's getting ready to move up here from El Paso County. They've been down there looking up the hill thinking, gosh, we, we they, they just loved they just been wanted to move up here forever. And they finally have put themselves in the point where they've got the opportunity. 
and I was talking about the sheriff, and I was talking about how excited I was about our incoming commissioners. I, 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 uh, I and things about controlled growth, good law enforcement, um, you know, a lot of the attention to detail that that we can expect from from you gentlemen, and that we get from the sheriff, and they were so excited about that, and so. Um, Thank you for giving the community that kind of, of uh, forward-looking, happy kind of vision for, for what this county is and what, it, what its potential is and how we're going to realize that. Uh, with that, let me go ahead and uh, wrap up this podcast today. Gentlemen, thank you for coming up. Sheriff Renee, as always, thank you as well. Thank you, Tommy. And thank you, Tommy. So, you, Tommy. Uh, I, again, uh, yo, we're going to be here trying to put something out every week, so go ahead and uh, tune in with us next week. and. We'll get you. What are we doing next week? Anyways, uh, we're going to be talking with the new uh, jail lieutenant, uh, Laura uh, Hammond. That's right. Yes. Uh, listen next week, and you can meet the new, uh, the new jail lieutenant. So thank you very much for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. This podcast was made possible by the Teller County Honorary Deputy Sheriff Association. The HDSA is a nonprofit organization dedicated to increasing public safety and awareness by providing safety and survivability equipment to deputies and posse members, administering public events like Shop with a Hero, and enabling information programs like this podcast. For more information, you can find the HDSA website at tellercountyhdsa.org.